0: Welcome to Let's Talk About Treks An episodic review of today's visions of the future Featuring Earl Grey and Jack Torino. Today, Jack and Earl put you on game about Tilly's disloyalty During Star Trek Discovery Season 3 Episode 6 Scabacures This episode was originally recorded on March 23rd, 2021 Commentary only includes related material up to that date Enjoy the show Welcome back to the show. Mm-hmm.
1: Scavengers. Yes, yes. This is the one where Michael Burnham goes against her Captain Wishes and does a thing that she needs to do, and then it ends up being the right thing to do in the first place. Uh, this is the plot of every episode of Star Trek Discovery thus far.
2: <laughs>
3: We're just
1: kind of like doubling down on it this time, making certain that you know. What I didn't
3: get is why couldn't they have been ready to go to that planet and... At the same time, gone about the mission until they got called off of it. So, yeah, you arrive at the planet, immediately set your course to the other planet, and only let essential crew that need to be on this mission beam down. Michael and Philippa, Hip-hop. and then you know, if if she's done by the time, then she's done. But she's got a ship to get away, so you know if you need to get called away and need to leave, that's fine.
0: Sure. Leave. Well,
1: so for one, for one, they would have had to put the entire ship at danger. Okay. By putting it, by putting it that close, that close to the Emerald chain. I don't know that the Starship Discovery would have been able to get that close to uh, the planet of, what was it? Harlack, just like every other planet, because every other planet that's outside, everything's Harlack. Um I don't know that, they would have uh, been able to justify putting the entire ship in danger, and I don't know that they would have been able to get that well, close yeah. in the Discovery. He even
3: admitted he could have done the mission without his number one.
1: And definitely took. What were they going to use Philip
3: for anyway? No, so why not close? just let her go on the yeah. mission and book book's ship?
1: Yeah, man, I totally have an issue with the way this laid out. Yeah, I have an issue with uh, Tilly. Oh, really? Yeah, Tilly ratted her out, man. Well, not did did she? I mean, he figured it out. What she did was disloyal. Was like, hey, um, where's your friend? And Tilly was like, yeah, you totally should like her in, man. Like, he really did a thing that was bad. Like,
3: and throw the book at her.
1: Yeah, man, it's not like what friends do. No. Well... Even, even Van says it like later on, he's like, you know, this is what she should have done. This is what was supposed to happen. So, like, uh, yeah. you should have just backed her up. I don't know. So, really, what Tilly should have said is, uh, Captain, why don't you back her up? Like, <laughs> this is important, like this is something she should have done. This is just yeah. you know, giving to the mystery of the burn and just getting a uh, Book, who's basically a member of a crew now, yeah. you know, back out of the hands of the Orion syndicate. I'm well, sorry. The, other... the yeah. Emerald Chain.
3: Yeah. The other thing is this is another crew change again that didn't have to take place.
1: Mm, what what do you mean?
3: It's like you're jerking around Tom Paris again. Oh, you're an ensign. Oh, you're a lieutenant. Oh, you're an ensign. You screwed lieutenant junior grade, but you you know every other episode's a different rank. We
1: we can't figure out what to do with, uh, with Burnham. <laughs> so we're just gonna yeah. put her uh, wherever it makes sense for the moment.
3: So before the show, I you and I were having a conversation, and uh, I I thought that it would be interesting to share that with our audience.
1: Wait a minute, hold on, hold on. I thought I thought we didn't exist before the uh, cameras start rolling. Oh yeah!
3: Uh, by the way, oh, what wh- what was your name again?
1: My name is Jack Dorino, and I am sitting here with my buddy Earl Gray, and uh, we are doing a show, and we like to call that show at the moment. Let's talk about tracks.
3: Yes. Okay. So yeah, let's continue doing an, it. I had an epiphany while I was in the shower earlier.
1: The beneficial thoughts. Sure. Yeah. Please share. Please share.
3: So we could have a Captain Cisco discovery. Crossover.
1: Oh, again, please share. I'm very interested.
3: Captain Sisko went to live with the Prophets. He's half-Prophet at the end of uh, DS9. Captain Cisco can exist anytime, anywhere. Literally anytime, anywhen, anywhere. anywhere. And, and he mentioned something. Didn't he mention something just before he left? You're know, like, oh, you know, if the time is right, I'll come back. You know, like every yeah. Prophet say, ever has.
1: He did say he'd be back when, when the time is right.
3: Yeah, and you know he could just blink in and check on status quo, and you know be like blink out, um, or you know just just for fun bring in Avery Brooks and have a fun
1: little wow. So that's a uh, quite an idea. Yeah, I I um I can't imagine how he would play into it. Uh, I guess you know something to do with a wormhole. I would imagine something to do with its collapse and closure
3: mm-hmm. oh mm. no maybe i mean they're prophets, so they can do what it or you know they're wormhole aliens they're they're outside of time they can just you know go back to a time prior to the collapse of uh the wormhole and uncollapse it or they can uncollapse it anytime they want to
1: yeah see the the thinking the the thinking that i'm going on is that the prophets of the wormhole, the, the aliens that live inside the wormhole, they don't actually live inside the wormhole. People say they live inside the wormhole. That's just, that's just our understanding. The wormhole is just yeah. like a conduit into their realm, mm-hmm. which is probably beyond time and space. Yeah. So the, the collapse of the wormhole would just mean the closure of that method of contacting them. Like, there'd still be a methods of contact because we have the orbs, right? Sure. Um, but just no big-ass wormhole out there for, for us to stumble upon. And, and then...
3: And another thing that uh, I uh, realized, it wasn't really an epiphany, but uh, a logical connection. Jake is one quarter prophet.
1: Oh, oh sure enough, yeah. That, that's interesting. That's super interesting. It does make sense.
3: So um, um, that could yeah. explain some of the weird timey-wimey connections with Jake and his father when his father is uh, randomly... Appearing through time because of an accident in engineering.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. That would make sense. The episode with old Jake that we didn't ever address the fact that Jake is a quarter prophet. That's super interesting. I wonder if that's where he gets his fountain of uh, stories, ideas for stories from. Mm, Maybe. As this episode opens, the the DRGs. I know they're not called DRDs. They're called, like, DOT-3s or DOT-87s or whatever they're called. DRDs? Yeah, the DRDs, you know, from Farscape. They're, like, diagnostic repair drones. Oh, that,
3: that's, that's right.
1: Like, yeah, that's right. So the DRDs are on the outside of the ship, like, doing some welding or some sparking or something. I, what the hell are they doing? Yeah, if I can take a look, like, they're just, um, it was like, they're all just, like, I don't know, it, fomenting in insurrection uh, on the skin of the ship, I guess, is what they're doing.
2: Okay.
1: I, I can't imagine like are they painting this they're not painting the ship because uh, they're using fire I'm a little alarmed at that uh representation they keep doing of the uh, of the burn because I'm sure it's not true that all of the ships were just sitting in one pile right like on one in one little sure. place yeah
3: um, well they keep on showing planets that are surrounded by or orbited husks of ships
1: yeah that's really uh so that doesn't make sense to me Except for like, unless okay. you, you, I guess you g- gathered all the ships and towed them to the planets. They weren't sitting at the planets when yeah, they, yeah, maybe. When they blew up, because they would have had to have functioning warp drive.
3: Okay, so here's your little R two D 2s
1: Yeah, man. Like, what are the d These are all these
3: etchings in the side of the uh, Discovery.
1: Yeah, so that's the Aztec hull uh, plating.
3: Aztec. <laughs> uh,
1: okay. I don't know what the purpose is, but it looks pretty cool. Or they've been doing it since, uh-huh. like, the next generation. The 1701D had it, and uh, I don't know i don't know what the hell those things are doing.
3: I can understand having different metal plates in different colors, but this is, like, literally etching yeah. into the metal plates. This is different than the uh, Enterprise-D.
1: I have no idea what that's for, what point of that is. Speaking of the point of things i also wonder what the point of detachable nacelles is the warp core is the dangerous part right yeah so the matter antimatter reaction assembly would be the one be detachable right i mean it's currently detachable currently i say currently like i live in the 21st century right now i i actually forgot that i do i sometimes i visit, visit the uh, 21st century to do this little podcast that i do you know but normally i live on the, uh, on the surface of viridian Two. Or is it three? Uh-huh. Whichever planet this is, I think a solar flare happened and knocked us out of orbit, and we're we're number than we were. Which of course makes sense for science that you know you just knock one planet out of an orbit and another planet takes up, takes up its orbit. That makes total sense, right? Yeah. Study Alpha mm, Two. I'm looking at you.
3: Sort of.
1: I'm looking at you, but, Nick Meyer. I mean,
3: why 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 would the planet get change its name or confuse somebody at who, what was what?
1: Well, I mean, if they're if they're in the wrong orbit, then it looks like they're yeah. a different planet. How they well, got but
3: you could still count the planets to see. Oh, there's a planet missing. This plant, this star system used to have ten planets or whatever. You know,
1: you would think, yeah. like you would think. But uh, in the future, it turns out that, um, that is... humanity and most other aliens are really bad with uh, numbers. Nobody thought to. Um, check the nanoseconds of the burn before mm. Michael Burnham did like it took them 150 years yeah. for someone to be like oh maybe they're maybe if they're the same microsecond maybe they're a nanosecond off like nobody thought about that huh hmm. yeah we have a problem with numbers in the future <laughs> I um super enjoy playing with the comb badges
3: yeah I enjoyed this scene too the, even even today we have trouble with consistency in naming our our planets oh what do you mean Some people name them random numbers. But when we're encountering exoplanets, like in Star Trek, most of the time, the planet is named after the star it orbits and the number of planets away from the central star. Sure. You know, so if the star's name is Sol, Mercury would be Sol 1, Venus would be Sol 2, and so on and so forth. Luna would be Sol 3 Alpha. Sure. But even within Star Trek, they're not consistent with that. And we we definitely don't use that naming. I, I looked it up once. And Oh, here, I want to mention something. I told you that Grunge was uh, sentient. She can fly a ship.
1: Yeah, I she's don't think so.
3: Totally. No, she's totally a member of that cat lady species in, yeah. in the TOS episode where they – are torturing the Enterprise.
1: So here's the thing, I'm of two minds on that. I'm of the mind that like, yeah, she's totally sentient and she flew the ship back home, but <laughs> I'm also of the mind of like, uh, okay, he so he's headed for autopilot and sent to tell the ship to come back at a particular time if he didn't return to the ship. Did he tell it to go where? He told it to go back where they came from.
3: They're not very clear on Book, Book and her found this Federation place before, you know, in the year that it took them to catch up with her. So, how did the ship know even where that was?
1: Well, the ship went there. It wasn't, Didn't the ship dock within the Discovery inside the... Uh, oh, no. The, I, that's a good point.
3: Oh, so you're saying the ship just locked onto the Discovery's transponder and went to wherever the Discovery was.
1: Oh, I wasn't saying that, but I'm saying that now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. Sold.
3: That seems to me, I mean, I was thinking... You know, because they, they even said... Here's another scene I hated. Well, I didn't hate the other grunge scene, but-
1: they even said what?
3: I had to watch, oh, so at timestamp, 610, uh-huh. I had to listen to Michael's statements here in this conversation like three times, continually turning up the volume. She's whispering all the time. She, Michael needs to stop whispering, muttering, and blending her words together too fast. I had to turn up my TV from uh, average of usually around 15 to 18 all the way up to 35 to hear her
1: you yeah, know she likes to whisper she likes to whisper, whisper very important things
3: yeah and it's like lady hey <laughs> enunciate
1: That's like that little lean stance that she does featured in the season when she's going to be defiant, yeah it's like eh, punny she got that she got that little gangster lean and you know like I, I see her in the turbolift weighing like okay so I do I keep first officer I do I go on this this damn mission it's really an easy decision for her, because she has a compatriot in arms. Yeah. I. And then a
3: few scenes later, when she's talking to Michael, and they use the uh, reflection. Uh, I thought this was really cool here. Oh they, yeah, so It made me shiver, because I, I, she's literally in a mirror from the Mirror Universe, yeah, and man. they're using this reflection. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was a reflection or just a split screen that they did. But I thought it was a very nice effect when... Michael is talking
1: to. Him. And that scene is when I realized that Michelle Yeoh is effing gorgeous. <laughs> I like, just You're seeing not supposed she, to
3: admit that
1: seeing seeing two of her on the screen was like, oh my god, she's incredible. <laughs> I don't I don't know why. <laughs> I thought we left the bugheads behind.
3: No, I mean they always had one in their crew.
1: Man, I know, but and they died.
3: And then now, obviously, they're showing it's a regular species. Yeah, I thought they died it-
1: last season. I swear the one with the blue head died. But, um, All,
3: every single last one of them died? I was hoping so. Oh, that's me.
1: Probably not a Starfleet ideal.
3: <laughs> I was just, just thinking that.
1: Yeah, I mean it's I'm just I was a little over them though. Like it just made me think of Star Wars.
3: Nah, they're not Star Wars enough. I like the line, uh you had me at blank cliche there. lol O L'd.
1: Oh yeah, you had me at uh unsanctioned Mission. Which, clearly <laughs> yep. she did have her at the mission because that's the uh that's the only mission Georgia really likes yeah so how do you feel about so... the strike quarter I've been trying to like practice my my combat uh um you hear me I slapped my stop slap my combat um I've been trying to figure out my my combat movements um by my gestures I think they're called now nowadays my tricorder yeah. and my communicator my personal transporter I, the, the personal transporter one is the easy one I think that's why Linus uh, continually hits it because it's like the, the double tap and it takes you back somewhere so uh-huh. if the double tap takes you back somewhere that means that earlier in the day Linus must have been uh, at the pond, right he must have had command on the bridge because he pops back into the grandeur, and then he must have beamed away oh. from there <laughs> using his combat. badge so when he taps it double taps it that means he's coming back
3: uh huh
1: I don't know if it's important, but I want to kind of want to follow what what Linus's past movements are by following where he shows up now, because wherever he shows up now is where he was earlier uh, in the day.
3: I think Philippa has um, maybe some sort of connection with the mirror universe still, and maybe as she's getting farther away from the mirror universe, she's experiencing some sort of bends or something.
1: It's an interesting thing you're saying there. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to pull it that thread, so to speak. No pun intended. <laughs> and I'm going to leave that alone because I know. I know what happens. Uh, I happen to have seen the, 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 a few episodes down the line. Sorry, I cheated and looked ahead. But I, I also don't want to spoil anything about it because it's a wonderful thing that, that goes on.
3: It also called back to um, her smashing the the uh, com badge of the glasses guy back when they were being debriefed because it's like, well, what did she do with all those pieces? She kept all those pieces. Oh, of course she did. I I don't think they wanted us to really connect that and realize, oh, wait, there's a possibility that she could be building something or or using that technology somehow. You know, it might still be a red herring. I guess we'll wait and see.
1: My supposition is that at some point, she does use that transporter. She takes it with her to the past and forms Section 31, Mm -hmm. and then that's how... The Section Thirty-One members <laughs> are able to appear in Julian's quarters without him knowing—not to cross over with Deep Space Nine, but to cross over with Deep Space Nine. Um, she she, she, she uh, appropriated <laughs> oh, some future technology, and that's how they're able to. That's how Section Thirty-One is always able to just like appear.
3: <laughs> okay,
1: that ju- Dr. Doc- Dr. Bashir. It's because uh, Pippa brought some some future technology from a thousand years back. <laughs> and, and seated oh, okay. Section 31 with it. So Section 31 has mm-hmm. always had those transporters.
3: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Here we see that uh, Tilly is totally afraid of this cat.
1: So cats that are big and furry uh, are a real anathema to me because I have a cat allergy. And as we know, uh, Tilly also has allergies, which she mentioned. Like, did, in does episode she? Oh, three. okay. Yeah, I forgot she's that. Holistic, she's uh, poly, um polyurethane viscoelastic foam. I think she said. Oh, okay. So, so I can see her if she if she has a sensitivity to that. I imagine she probably has a sensitivity to some animals. I myself would not be holding a cat that close because I would break out like <laughs> immediately.
3: This is a big cat too. I mean, it, it's it's huge. Yeah, man. You were gonna say something about the uh, ships in orbit here or whatever.
1: They're flying through those massive ships that are outside of the atmosphere, right? Yeah. And then they fly into the atmosphere, and there's a whole bunch of ships that are also flying through. Okay. My question is, how are these ships levitating? If they're all dead, why are they floating?
3: I imagine they're not dead, or maybe they left on the whatever. I mean, they could have certainly advanced whatever anti-grav technology allows space shuttles to hover anyway. Obviously, Starship shuttles don't have wings since Enterprise. So in a thousand years, they certainly would uh, improve the anti-grav hovering technology. You see a drone later on, and it's not a quadcopter; it's just sitting there hovering.
1: Sure, the use of drone technology in this new version of Star Trek is uh, mildly alarming because I don't know how it works, but there's a lot of I think there's a lot of anti-grav <laughs> happening here. The little drones have some sort of anti-grav on them obviously mm-hmm. but if they have anti-grav on them I don't know how they move around unless they have some sort of uh, internal you know sort of like little yeah. fan thing just like the drones today have
3: Mm-kay. I guess they
1: should be more accepting of drones because we have them now so who's to say that in a couple of years we aren't going to be able to completely conceal their levitation technology Yeah.
3: call back to the matrix here
1: in the scene where uh uh, where you know Michelle yellow is gorgeous and she's getting uh she's going in on the plan. Yeah. With Mary Sue. And she's like, Mary Sue, you son of a bitch, I'm in.
3: You son of a bitch, I'm in.
1: Oh, okay. You son of a bitch, I'm in. there was something we discussed last episode briefly, and uh yes. that was whether Michael had her own chip. And well, she, she, confirmed, she, she confirmed. Yeah. So where is it? Like, why do we have a book ship aboard, but not her ship? Where's her ship?
3: Well, she was on a planet when she found Discovery. So, or she was on Book's ship when she found Discovery. So, wherever her right. ship
1: is. So, again, where's her ship?
3: It's not wherever Discovery is presently.
1: Right. So, why? Where is it? it,
3: it, it it's, it's in the
1: storage garage. Exactly. That's where it is. So, who's to say that her ship is not cloaked? Like, fully crewed and cloaked and, like, hiding just outside <laughs> just outside of center range crude yeah man Book doesn't need a crew Book can Um, run his
3: ship all by himself why would uh...
1: well no, he has Grudge with him let's not forget Grudge is a queen
3: well yeah yeah and she's a queen she's a queen of her people so she's a queen I didn't understand this scene with the uh, Bajoran here he got through the wall and he got away but then they said he he was dead and I'm like
1: no homie his head blew off
3: did it
1: yeah as he went through the wall his head blew off which is weird it was weird because like his body kept running it was like for just for a couple of seconds okay, with his head cut off yeah but he definitely kept running that's with no head okay well wow, I can't believe you didn't notice his head blowing off
3: here we are taking the poor pejorans again
1: yeah we are not very kind to pejorans in um oh in Star okay
3: Trek. there it goes
1: so that's what that's what the thing the little circular thing everybody's getting implanted on the back of their neck does yeah the it little matrix
3: up. yeah
1: it blows up your head if you cross <laughs> a barrier it's kind of like a, a dog yeah. collar only a little more extreme
3: or or like a suicide squad
1: um I don't know it
3: uh it's a DC comics thing
1: yeah yeah, yeah no, I know I mean uh, I get what what they who they are but I just I haven't seen it uh, I tell you what, I have seen. I saw, seen as I saw a Final Space of episode one for the first time today. Wait, what? Final Space. You ever heard of this? Final Space. Yeah, man, it's, it's sure just uh, it's like space cartoon. It's kind of funny, kind of kind of goofy. Um, I've been okay. wanting to watch it for like a couple years, and I finally popped up on HBO Max. So I watched oh, the first episodes.
3: So where 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 do I find this?
1: It's on. Uh, so it's on. Okay, so here, so the the, the HBO Max. So you got to use the regular HBO Max, not the Hulu HBO Max, because Hulu HBO Max isn't telling the truth. It's not telling you what's actually on HBO. And then when you look through what's on HBO, you're like, oh my God, this has everything but Star Trek on it. (laughs) Hi, my name is Isaac, and I'm from Australia, and if you're hearing me, That means you also like Star Trek, which makes you a friend in my book. So if you like Let's Talk About Treks and would like to hear more podcasts, why not give us a try? Search for
2: Unplanned Trek,
1: where you can listen to a podcast about a random episode out of all Star Trek series, where we look at things like the best and worst characters, as well as we're giving out the Riker medal for any love interest that we see this week. So search on Twitter and your podcast provider.
2: Unplanned trick.
1: The hologram that appears to uh, to uh, to Burnham and, and uh, Giorgio on Bookship. By the way, what is Bookship called? Does it have a name? I don't know
3: if they ever named it.
1: That's really interesting. Uh, we usually name ships, don't we? That would be like we've named we named the cat, but we didn't name the ship. Maybe it's just books a ship. Okay. It's going to have a registry number, though. Yeah, like... you're
3: right. I mean, just because it they haven't mentioned it, though, doesn't mean it doesn't have a name.
1: Oh, I, maybe that's an oversight of the writing staff, and maybe we need to name that thing. Name that ship. I was really glad to see... The return of self sealing stim bolts.
3: <laughs> Yeah, the mention of them. <laughs>
1: that means the NoJ consortium is back in business, man. <laughs> but I, w- I will say that, uh, you know, the-, the Asiatic features lend to uh, a great majority. I think they did an excellent job with the makeup on this guy. Like, uh, D Space Nine, if I'm not mistaken, was filmed in like 480p. Probably not filmed in 480p, but presented in 480p. And even then, like, someone right. I could see, you know, a little bit of the edge of the makeup. I can't make out any mm-hmm. on this guy. All right it's like really good yeah the the, Bajor, the ridges are a little bit bigger than I'm used to but uh, the makeup and it's, which, which speaks to the greatness of the makeup overall right
2: yeah
3: yeah well they had seven years to perfect it the first time
1: yeah, they did
3: and there haven't there been Bajorans in uh, other places since I think there were Bajorans on Voyager
1: uh, sure absolutely Seska was a Bajoran to begin with
3: but uh, I mean if TNG was filmed in Paniscan, I would figure that, that if it was filmed in Panascan, then it was probably filmed at at least 720. Well, it's film. So film doesn't have a resolution.
1: Yeah, but it does. Until it has you to. scan it into a digital media. So how does film not have a resolution? I don't understand.
3: It, if you ever try and zoom in on a photograph, you can zoom in all you want. There is no yeah. pixelization because there are no pixels. Okay, sure. It's just the light captured onto the film. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. So, and that's why you can upscale movies that were made years ago.
1: So, if you film digitally, you're screwed because you're stuck to that resolution.
3: Whatever resolution you filmed at, yeah.
1: Mm. But if you film analog, you can go up to whatever you need to go to.
2: Yeah, I yeah I'm,
3: yeah. I'm sure there's a point
1: where that's got to stop because there's only so much space between molecules. Right? The, the
3: resolution of one micron? <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, like
3: pixels as uh, small as one micron.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe that's the idea of like the different uh, levels of holography because the hologram that appears in the ship, in book ship, whatever it's called, uh, yeah, the, the Orion guy, you know, who's under Osiris, uh, yeah, his, his hologram is not as good as a hologram from 900 years ago, well, i say 800 years ago, like the doctor from Voyager. Okay. Like, that hologram, his, there's, no re- there's no need, we need to see his hologram flicker. Like, we get this hologram, like, we're used to seeing. You know holograms, knowing their holograms without you like flickering the hologram for me. You know what I
3: mean? Yeah, or like a, a Star Wars hologram.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Star it has Wars holograms so flicker every once in a while. Yeah, yeah totally unnecessary at this point in Star Trek.
3: Well, I think a lot of times the the flickering holograms are being projected or broadcast through something. Okay. But when you're in a holodeck that's being projected right into that room. Or with holograms being projected right into that room, then your the the l- resolution isn't lost. And there we go. But just just like we were talking on the cell phone earlier today, and you got into your your uh, elevator, uh-huh. and your signal started uh, flickering a little bit.
1: Gotcha. That's
3: why holograms in Star Trek always flicker because they're always being broadcast somewhere.
1: Well, there you go. Now now you've now you fixed something for me in Star Trek once again.
3: <laughs> I don't know if that's a canon explanation, but
1: No, oh, it is now. <laughs> my cannon my head cannon is the only canon that exists or matters. Oh, okay. Everyone else's head cannon is wrong.
3: Tilly is totally my... <laughs> throwing Michael under the bus here. Yeah,
1: like she told Michael, Go lay right down right here. And then she went and got the bus driver and she was at hey. I need you to drive the bus over exactly this spot. You can you do that for me? And the bus in the guise of Saru, rolls right over Michael Burnham. The, the the fallout from this incident is heartbreaking. I I don't I don't mean to fast forward all the way into the episode, but the conversation that I knew had to come when it came mm-hmm. was way harder than I wanted it to be. Because Saru didn't want to have to do that. And she didn't mm-hmm. want to have to make Saru do that. But she had to make Saru do that. And it was going to be unavoidable. And like the only way to avoid it would have been for Saru to free us and just be like, look, I'm going to send you on your own mission alone. You go. You come back as soon as you can. If we're not here, just wait yep. for us. But like he is kind of a punk. Here's like, he's, Darth Helmet. He's still scared. Yeah, I did notice that Rick Moran has popped in to uh, Star Trek Discovery for a moment and he was like they've gone to (laughs) plan."
3: sorry I interrupted
1: oh it's okay a little injection of humor into the somber moment of man (laughs) I was floored like they drew they drew a tear from me like a tear one single tear (laughs) Uh, just dripped its lonely way down my face Uh, And I was proud of Saru, though, because Saru, the way the situation was set up and the way that Saru decided to go about it, that's what he had Mm -hmm. to do. And he did it, even though, like, it was really, really difficult. But I sort of don't understand their relationship, and then I sort of do understand their relationship. And it seems like when I get to understand it, it gets more confusing because at one point he was jealous of her. At one point he despised her. At one point he looked up to her. And, like, I just don't know what it is now, you know. I don't think they know what it is now. You know, Michael is the
2: biggest
3: dynamic that keeps on changing everything. And Saru kind of takes everything personally.
1: He really does. He really does. Like, it's not It's not about you, homie. I wasn't trying to make you look bad. I was trying to save my man. Like, get over yourself. Um, <laughs> because some things are things. Some things Some yeah. are more important than the uniform, which is unfortunate, but true. Mm-hmm. But true.
3: I, I think Saru might still, you know, he's accepting of he, this is not a bad mole. This is an admiral, and I have to... And kind of like Tilly, and that's where the conversation with... Where, where Saru is like, I totally thought you were going to talk me out of this. And Tilly is still kind of – she's really fresh into the uniform. She still hears the you know, the drill sergeant yelling at her at the academy.
1: Yeah, well, the and, voice of the drill sergeant is Michaels, so telling her to run down the border. <laughs> you
3: know. Well, she, she had a drill sergeant before that. I'm sure. But, uh, you know, and of course Saru is obviously still – after however many years he's been in the uniform, he still hears that drill sergeant, you know. He,
1: yeah, it, it, his his fear actions are what were driving his drill sergeant voice in his head. But now that his fear actions mm-hmm. are gone
3: He's still adapting to not having those it,
1: anymore. Yeah, either. yeah. He's sort of made like a backpedal. Like he seemed like he was really strong the and really strong and fearless towards the end of the last season and now yeah. having given being given this role of of now you're the actual captain, captain, captain. Yeah. I'm like, uh what do I do? I don't know if I'm doing this right. Somebody help me, Tilly. Like, Tilly, what? Why'd you go to Tilly for advice? Yeah,
3: well, and and he's like, I totally thought you were gonna talk me out of this. And she's like, I don't remember what she said. Yeah, but, she um, she was something she like, didn't.
1: uh No, dude, I'm like still a cadet, so why would I talk you out of it? I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Well, she's not. She's an ensign <laughs> now, but she got promoted kind of fast. She, she absolutely. She she got promoted kind of fast. She got promoted in the blink of a wormhole. Well, she was
3: ensign in season two.
1: Was she now? I don't. I don't remember. But I do remember her. her wearing that CPT badge or a CTP. Um, yeah, CTP badge for a while.
3: Okay. When I first saw the hologram of the Orion big bad bully guy, did you? Could you tell that he was green? I couldn't tell right away that he was green.
1: I could tell that he was green, and I'm glad that you mentioned uh, the Orion and the makeup with the Orions because having issues with it um i'm having i have issues with both the orion and the andorian makeup so Bolian and andorian makeup has always been really flat Mm -hmm. in my opinion like it it shouldn't be one even tone it doesn't it doesn't make sense because humans are not one even tone so why would any other species be one even tone like i get that like animals with like a like a like a titan carapace you know like with a hard shell they generally have like even tones or just can have even yeah. tones, but like most creatures and plants and animals don't aren't just one solid color, they're like a range of colors yeah. within a range of colors. You don't, if that, if that makes sense, yeah, um, yeah. So for them to all just be one flat, this color is really strange to yeah. me, and it looks it's, it's off putting for me.
3: It, maybe it's supposed to be. I mean, they are technically aliens, they try to do a little bit of varying tones you know i mean they and they definitely gave spock some green hue when they decided you know
1: that yeah, it's was, it was really great that this block had the green i i you know originally he was supposed to be red with horns um and somehow somebody along the way decided to, to get rid of the horns and the red because that's the, that was like the devil and why nobody considered that previously yeah, is beyond me but I am very glad that Vulcans don't have to be red with horns. That's that's uh, a, quite a relief for me today.
3: Well, there are uh, Star Star Wars race that's red with horns. Are they really? I don't remember what they're called, but yep.
1: Oh, the ones with like the horns that go like around the back of their head.
3: No, that's oh. something else.
1: No, oh, okay. These
3: are horns that stick out like 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 Hellboy, except they're not curved. They're just big
1: cones. Oh well, that's super interesting.
3: So why, back to back to the Star Trek episode. Hand, oh, we're though.
1: watching Star Trek, I forgot.
3: Yeah, why did Book's ship have to reconfigure to be able to shoot all these lasers really
1: fast? So I think it may have just been in, like it didn't have enough space to turn around quickly and it, the quicker way okay. to turn around would have just been to like reconfigure the ship. Oh, I don't right. really particularly care why because every time Book's ship split splits apart, I love it. I think it's the neatest thing that I've ever seen a ship do. But why,
3: why? Uh, because it's cool, What's man. its actual configuration off the assembly line though?
1: Uh, you know, that's a great question. I think that uh, book ship that from the configuration of Bookship, ship, I think it's part of a larger piece. So I think that uh, book might be the Black Ranger, and together they all form one big sword. <laughs> but maybe he's lost the rest of his team because that certainly looks like maybe it's like the upper forearm. You mean,
3: you, you mean the Black Lion?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mean yeah, the you, Black
3: Lion, not yeah, Rangers. Yeah, yeah. Rangers? Yeah, you're are right. Terrible.
1: You're right. Well, it didn't did the Rangers? The Rangers have like a Zord too, right? <laughs> But yeah, definitely, he's definitely a member of the Voltron yeah. team, and I think he is the left uh, you know, forearm. I mean, the left there, there's a
3: reason right? that people keep on making Voltron, and they that they that they keep on changing the name of Rangers because this is like they're hiding that they were originally the Mighty Morphin Power, Rangers. and you know, in the Death Battle, the Megazord versus Voltron, Voltron won. So.
1: I like how the black box looks like a tiny little warp in a cell.
3: It it looks like the handle off of like a little mini drink mixer, electric drink mixer. I'll take a picture of mine so you can see what I'm talking about.
1: It's probably a model. Like when Picard broke all his little ships in his ready room that one time, he probably like knocked the transponder (laughs) for the enterprise around somewhere. It's like forever hidden under his desk. Man, that was (laughs) a new office too. He's just breaking apart. He's brand new he officer his, he just he got. Little ship. Yeah, well, he broke his big ship, too. Yeah, he broke both of his big ships. Yeah, He broke every ship he could possibly break, including the Borg ship. And then he broke Data.
3: <laughs> he didn't break Data. Data broke Data.
1: Oh, I mean, he put Data, he, he put Data in a position where, of course, Data's going to choose to save you. And like, He's pretending like he's mad that he didn't die, and Data did. But what he's really mad about is Starfleet... Uh, like came after him for the destruction of material. Mm-hmm. They're like, you let the android do what? Like, you know, you know, that's our only android, right? <laughs> and we don't have one of those things. And We got this other one. We keep this other one in a drawer because he's like all evil and junk.
3: It was our only Sung type android. I mean, they've had androids before in Star Trek.
1: Yeah, but nothing, nothing like Data, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Although there have been many that are just like Data, only not like they—they're they're usually much smarter than Data. Like they get idioms. And they can say contractions and stuff like that. So, like the only zoom type androids they have, one of them's evil and the other one's blown up. How unfortunate! And then they got B4, who's just kind of like he's, he's he's a prime he's a shining example of those of those zoom type androids. Like they can't really do the things other androids can because they're kind of slow, you know. Yeah. No Wi-Fi, no Bluetooth. OK.
3: <laughs> I just figured out, we were talking about uh, Data as a Bluetooth before, I figured out the Bluetooth speaker is whenever, like any any scene where he's speaking as another crewman. Yeah, yeah. That, the, the, that's the uh, Data as a Bluetooth it's
1: speaker. that crewman speaking into a microphone, and it's coming out of Data's speaker, which is in the back of his throat. Instead of a uvula, he's got a little speaker. <laughs> and that's that's actually his, uh, his, his little uh, uvula also serves as the Bluetooth antenna.
2: Oh, OK. <laughs>
1: I very, I very delicately, want to bring attention to my new understanding of the actors uh, who are playing Tal. Um, one, of course, is playing Gray Tal, and the other one is playing a Deer Tal.
3: One is just gray now.
1: She's sure, not sure. a Tal because she doesn't well, have the symbiont anymore. Yeah, I, my, my, firm well, not kind of even reverse. The symbiont has gray instead of gray having the symbiont. So my, my, uh, my, 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 uh, my understanding. Uh, Once Upon a Time, the... So, I'm so... I, I'm very confused. So, the first... The, the transgender actor that's playing Tao is, uh, to my understanding... Which one? Um, Ian Alexander, the one who's playing Grey. Oh. Okay. So, it's my understanding that Grey, uh, the, the actor, Ian Alexander, was assigned the gender female at birth. Okay. And is is... is a male. Um which is, I, I, don't, I don't know how to handle it. I, I don't know how to speak about it um, openly um, without offending anyone. And I hope that no one is offended by my pure, um, I guess, stupidity, um, but this, this person is, I, I've worked with many transgendered individuals in my line of work. and yeah. I, 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 there are some terms that, that, uh, Transgendered, transgendered individuals use amongst themselves to, um, for, for lack of a better way of putting it at the moment, um, where they, they call, they, they'll describe one or another as passable uh, and, and others as not passable. passable. okay. Yeah. Well, which is weird because it's, it, it it makes me think of like the quote unquote passability of light-skinned black people in uh, the, in the past to be able to pass quote-unquote as white people
3: there was a movie i was watching once that took place in the civil war era or in that 1800 era and um i guess the 19th century um and she had had the woman mother had had a relationship with a white man and what, I don't know whether she was raped or, or what, but she got pregnant from the interaction, and when the baby was born, she wanted to see the baby right away, and she was so happy that the baby had a, a light complexion or was white.
1: Yeah, it's gonna, be, it's gonna be an easier life for that baby.
3: Yeah, especially back in the
1: time when slavery was... No, no, it's, 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 it's weird that uh, it's better to be one than the other of anything. And I, I don't know that it is better to be one or one, one over the other. Um, I, I will say that, that 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 the transgender actor is amazing as themselves. Like they are phenomenal. They do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to say they do a great job, but they do a great job. Like I to the point where like oh like that that's one of those things that makes me get it. It's like oh you 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 are you're, you're clearly a boy. Like you're a boy. Like that that's a boy. Um, so whatever doctor assigned that gender at birth was just wrong. Like clearly. Um if that if that makes any sense, or if that mm. helps explain my, my awe at this at this person, because this person is is incredible and makes, you know to me gives it like a whole new whole new dimension to transgender itself because this person is clearly male. You know what I mean? Well,
3: one thing I was confused about yeah. was um, I heard some minor spoilers about, A transgender, the first transgender actor in Star Trek, and I was somebody used the phrase Star Trek messed up the first transgender actor in Star Trek, and I'm like, so I I still don't understand how. Well, the first, or if
1: the first transgender character in Star Trek is, uh, let me let me think back for a second. um, yeah, yeah, so I think the first transgender actor in Star Trek, uh, first transgender character in Star Trek is Odin, right? Because Odin changes from male to female.
3: What about the androgynous woman that, or that's person not, that became. not transgender,
1: that's, that's not the same thing. That's not the same thing as changing gender.
3: Well, she was identified as an androgynous and because sure, wanted to be transitioned a woman.
1: Okay, so this person came from a, a population that was agenderous. Is I don't know if that I don't know if that's really yes. a word. Yeah. Um. But I'm gonna say non-binary. Yeah, and, and is a word. Um. So how that's would they better, even? Yeah. How would they even know to identify as like there should be a there should be a constant not not a range and not not like a range but or a well, scale that, but like a constellation yeah. of gender that uh, well, that is agender, right like that is non. Yeah. Not one or the other, but its own
3: non-binary.
1: Yeah, like, so how would they decide, oh, I'm all of one and none of another?
3: She did have a lot of questions for Riker. and I'm using her preferred pronouns because um clearly the act, the person it, portraying that character was a a woman too. but I don't remember the character's name.
1: It was I don't know what her I don't know what the name was either, but I know they're of the species the Janai.
3: Oh, okay.
1: I don't know what else there is beyond that. I am enamored, elated, and comforted by the relationship that Culbers is what I'm going to call them. uh, Because in this situation, uh, Stamets is clearly the wife. Um, Yeah, okay. Although, you know, like, uh, Culver's also the wife. <laughs> but also, each of them is also the husband. <laughs> I'm just going to call them the Culvers, because okay. I want I want Culver to be the guy. right? Uh, because, you know, Stamets oh, okay. is, is so much the, like, shining example of, you know, like, he's, he's the guy who stands out, you know, like, all the time. He's like, look at me, I'm the important guy. So, you know, let's give Culver a little huh. something. So let's call him the Culvers. So, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. so, you know, Paul Culver... You were talking about Odan
3: being the first transgender... Sure, first gender character, character, character. yeah, absolutely.
1: Character. Absolutely, I think that's, I think, I think it feels safe in saying that. I, I don't think that anybody else changed gender. Uh, unless you're counting, like, comic books, because there's a whole comic book thing where, like, people change genders.
3: Well, there there was the uh, gender swapping episode, the very last episode of the original series. Uh,
1: you, you'd have to refresh my memory because I don't remember it all that well, um, but I do remember something about... Oh, I've about... never seen it. Oh, oh, wow, okay, so that was Turnabout Intruder, if I'm not mistaken. Um okay. for some reason for the longest time I had it in my head is the Mantrap, trap, but I know like in that it's a turnabout intruder. Because
3: Yeah, the man guess,
1: trap is the salt alien. I don't know how I had those two mixed up in my head.
2: <laughs>
1: but now I'm straightened out. The the way that the Culvers have uh, latched onto the talls is is amazing like you know as as a as a young you know newly defining like trying to figure out your way in the world with that sort of uh issue it's it's great to have somebody to talk to and confide in now i will say that they've done it again they've lumped us together which is what they, they they tend to do like in society and in the world and like um, we are. I'm actually, so one of the groups that I work for uh, is, is focused largely on transgender rights. And one of the, okay. the conversations that we often have is about how the municipality tends to, the municipality and the country, they tend to like group us all together. Like they do the, you know, LGBT, LGBTQIAP sort of thing. They lump us all under the pride umbrella. But really, um, gender dysphoria and sexual orientation dysphoria are entirely different things and have nothing to do with one another.
3: What's sexual orientation dysphoria?
1: You know, like where, where you know, you're a boy, so expect you to like girls.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, that. I mean, my dad always asked me why. Why do I want to wear pride things or buy pride things or sure. whatever all the time? I don't go around wearing straight pride things. I'm like, well, yeah, there is a straight pride f- flag, but um why is there said, a straight
1: pride flag? I don't know. Like what? What? What dangers and terrors and horrors have straight people had to endure for being straight? Why would they need a pride day? You get three hundred and sixty-four days of pride. Can we just get one?
3: <laughs> um, maybe it's more like I I am straight, but I'm an ally. So sure. having pride and being an ally.
1: Yeah, that's 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 totally dope. It,
3: or or it's it's definitely mostly for like the uh, um. Um, handkerchief code. I'm sorry. The handkerchief code?
1: I don't know The bandana I know code? I don't know this.
3: It's an old thing for loud uh, clubs where you couldn't really talk and discover and figure each other out very easily if you wanted to approach and kind of talk with somebody. So people would, in loud clubs, would wear a handkerchief in their back pocket that indicated... Their identity, status, thing.
0: Wow. So um, if you
3: wore a black black and white handker- uh, checkered handkerchief, you were straight. It would also just kind of indicate to other either straight people, yeah, women, oh, go ahead and approach me, or men, and, and you know, homos and bis, stay away.
1: <laughs> wow.
3: You know, or there, there was, look it up.
1: <laughs> I, I I will and I encourage our listeners to look it up too and i, I I'll definitely see what that's about that's it's uh
3: it, it also has to do with which po- back pocket it's in too a little bit so
1: it sounds very white and it sounds very country but that's okay you know <laughs> like I'll, I'll just go with it it's it, it sounds very much <laughs> those things
3: that sounds white why does it have to be white and
1: just, country? you know it just it just sounds that way like you know because white people are weird i i'm that was I hope racist. I know. I hope we didn't turn off like half of the listeners, but like you know, like whatever, like white people are weird. Like Pee Wee Herman is weird. You know, like we have Steve Urkel, sure, but Pee Wee Herman's weird. You know, and like Pee Wee, Steve, Steve Urkel has never been caught in a movie theater in Florida, you know, touching himself. You know what I'm saying? Like white people are weird.
2: <laughs>
1: you know, like we, we didn't we didn't create Seer Hand. You know, like we. But we, Ma- we, Michael Jackson has. Hey, no, he is not. He may have been well, he may have been caught after the fact having done it at his own home with children behind closed doors <laughs> but he didn't do it in public man <laughs> 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 he was he wasn't just walking out like touching little kids in the pub- in public on stage and John come out you got to do some things in discretion like you can't like be all like wild out. with it.
3: Although is, is Michael Jackson black?
1: Yeah, I think we kept him. Yeah, we decided to keep him. Like, there was a little, there was a rough patch, you know, and we were like, uh, nah, he's y'all's. And then, like, he put his nose back on. We're like, okay, all right, man, you can film on back. That's cool. And then, like, and then, and he died there. And, and then, like, also, like, we had to claim him, you know, we claimed him before his death. So, like, once all the stuff came out after his death, we were like, Ah, eh, well, you know, that's, them's the breaks, you know, I guess it's got to be one of us. Yeah, we can't all be bus driving axe wielding murderers like you know your 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 famous football player you all love so bad.
3: <laughs> what's what's football? Soccer?
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That that European game of of no hands or or, or you get in trouble. <laughs> this uh this episode uh called Scavengers uh ended yeah. on such it's like a breathtaking well, note. Like it was breathtaking to see well, some Mike, Michael take... crying again. Oh my god go, but okay, this is the first time (laughs) come on now, sis, all that this is the first time she had the right to cry, like she fucked up like she fucked up, she fucked up, like but she didn't fuck up. But they're professionals. Up. Like she should, yes, and that's why she should have professionally gone to him and said, "Listen, homie, like I gotta go get my man. You, I gotta go get him. You got a <laughs> jump. Like if you if you want to call if you want to jump me there and then come back here and be ready for the other jump, like do it. But like I gotta go get my man. Like you gotta help me out, man. Like what if it was your sister? What if it was Serana over there on that planet? Would you have, would you have left her there and just like been like, nah, fuck that. We gotta go worry about this other planet we've never seen these people on. No, like you would be like, no, let's go get her and then come back. Like we'll be good." but you know like she didn't feel like she could go to him and that says volumes about his character not hers
3: yeah maybe it's a little bit why he's a little bit more hurt cuz he did talk about trust
1: yeah because he should have trusted like, her that she knew what he and she was doing he should have trusted
3: her but she shouldn't have he's mm. also hurt because he realized realizes that she didn't trust him to come to yes. him and say hey
1: yes that's on him though he should have made himself more trustable. How are you going to bring someone aboard as your first officer who doesn't effing trust you?
3: And then, then yeah, and then he turns around as soon as something goes – as soon as the path gets rocky, and he says, oh, never mind. You're not my first
1: officer. Yeah, and he lays it on – lays it at her feet. And you know what? Like, okay. Yeah. Okay, good job for, like, standing up for your command. You only
3: want a fair-weather first officer. Yeah, like – but, she, you know, he stood for first command. You don't, you command don't want like her to
1: tell you, no, you can't go down to the planet. I mean, he does want that, though. He wants all that. He wants the quintessential first officer who's going to do it. But, like, you can't – I don't know. The situation was not what Saru made it out to be. Saru Mm -hmm. made it out to be some insubordination, which it was, but that's because he made it that way. Like, there's no way that if a commissioned member of the crew had been stolen and held captive on a planet, they would have gone to get them. Uh Admiral Vance be damned if Reese is over there. You know spoiling and hard labor because
3: especially in the 23rd century you know i mean you're still dealing with uh kirk who did that all the time this yeah. isn't picard's era they don't come from picard's era they come from freaking kirk's era when i mean even sulu said that was a different time the people fudge their fudge their lo- logs all the time blah, 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 you know
1: yeah yeah very very different time and i wonder what elements of that we're going to see roll over into this new time (laughs) and make things difficult for us because there's far easier ways in this time to hide things than in the past because now we don't have like our computers are not top-notch anymore (laughs) yeah you know like they're top-notch locally but the 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 frelling internet is out man comcast died like a long time ago (laughs) and they have no technicians to go out and fix your your fracking signals so you better figure well, it out. Like, do something local.
3: Did they ever say that there is no subspace communication?
1: It says that something's pretty effective, like 150 subspace relays were down. Like, all their subs- there That's the thing. Like, they can't communicate from, like, all- across all sectors. Otherwise, oh, okay. like, everyone would know everything, right? But there's no... Well, except
3: you couldn't communicate directly across all sectors either. There was always a kind of a lag anyway.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, in the 24th century, there was like, but I'm sure by, like, the, the 28th century, that was corrected. You know, like, um, they could probably communicate instantly. I'm also wondering, what the hell is up with the other modes of transportation? You know, like, quantum slipstreams exist. That that rubber band, like, that, that slingshot thing that Jordy did, that still exists. Yeah. You know, like, there's the... Somebody has to have broken down the Iconians' uh, doorways. Those still exist. <laughs> like, as a matter of fact... Not to give any spoilers away for another show we might be doing, but you know, in Picard, when they go to Starfleet Academy, they have these doorways that are just like the Iconian doorways that people are just walking through and transporting. So, mm-hmm. like, uh, if Scotty can transport uh, across thousands of light years, you know, oh. a quantum transport—like, why are we having this difficulty? There are lots of like issues that I have with, you know, Starfleet breaking down and us not being us not having the stuff that we had before. But there's other like there's workarounds that that should have been developed by now. And yeah. I'm wondering, are we gonna are we gonna look into like why did it break down that far? Like, yeah. why didn't some group of people stop it sooner? Was there a breakdown in the Federation about something else that led to us not being able to recover from something else happening? Like the the Romulan re- relocation w- was interrupted by the Utopia Planitia attacks, so that pulled us out of that because we had to focus on home again. Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering if something else happened in addition to the burn that made things difficult. It made yeah. things difficult.
3: That's a good point. What What did you think about how George, uh, Philippa got to uh, actually bring out her Terran side this episode? When and she's always referring to it's the Asian lady referring to the black lady as uh, servant.
1: <laughs> yeah, very comfortable, right? The, yeah, makes you feel good about yourself. Yeah. At least it wasn't Tilly. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess, sort of. I mean, I don't know. You know, there's, there's things that happen that you just kind of let go because it doesn't really mean anything <laughs> beyond what it is.
2: Yeah,
3: I know. I was making a big deal out of it. You, you mentioned something about um, Hi. back when we were talking about the LGBTQ thing, um, plus,
1: yeah. LGBTQIAP is is my most recent understanding. What are the IAP? Uh, intersex, asexual, and pansexual.
3: Oh, okay.
1: I've actually met a couple of pansexuals in the past couple years, and boy, are they pansexual! <laughs> like,
3: well, and I I've been trying to figure out um, the difference between omnisexual and pansexual.
1: I don't. What is omnisexual, Holmes? With pansexual? Uh, um, from my understanding is like a, an affinity for male, female, and anywhere in between.
2: Yeah,
1: you just get you, you kind of fall in love with a person. So is omnisexual? Yeah. So I don't. Yeah, well, I don't know if there's a—is there a difference?
3: You read the definitions. You'd have to figure that. Okay. Uh, that's what I
1: want to know. Oh, well, that'll be my homework for this episode. I'll figure that out. I, I don't
3: know how to describe the definitions to you because I—I don't think I'd do a very good justifiable
1: job. I'm betting that omnisexual and pansexual are probably synonymous 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 that's it exactly thank you (laughs) I uh next time I do a podcast I'm going to learn the English language first (laughs) I'm also going to learn how to enunciate and I'm also going to learn how to say the words separately as opposed to flowing into Mm -hmm. one another because I've heard uh-huh. that I have an issue with my words becoming hard. the end of one word becomes the beginning of another word, and maybe yeah, that's hard always. to follow sometimes. <laughs> this, is a, this is a problem that I probably share with Michael Burnham, on occasion. I'll <laughs> I think I think Scavengers was was a decent episode. Yeah. The, the more I watch Star Trek Discovery, the the shorter the episodes seem, uh, and I think that's a good thing because it's like. It, it, when it ends, I'm like, wait, wait, wait that's it. Like, I, I, I feel the ending coming. You know, like when we were in the conversation with Michael and Saru, which I knew had to be the last scene of the episode because she, he's definitely going to bust her for that. Right. I knew okay. that was going to be the end, but like, it, even when it's over, it was like, damn, that's the end of the episode? It's like, it's like a 20 minute long episode, is what it feels like. I mean, granted, it was 48 minutes and 25 seconds or so long, but yeah. They seem so short, which means I really miss them, which means I, it must be getting really good.
3: Okay. That makes sense.
1: Because I remember the days when like, when, uh, Deep Space Nine seemed really, really short. They no longer seem short. All of those episodes are really, really long.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, if you're getting bored with the episode, it seems to drag on. But if you're enjoying the episode, you get drawn in and yeah. you're like,
2: yeah! You're yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. it's
3: over already? No. It's like a roller coaster, a literal roller coaster. It's like you... you you hear the lo- roller coaster ride is this long, and it's like, yeah, that's the longest roller coaster I've ever done. Oh, man, and, and then it's over. And then it's over, yeah.
1: You, know, you get on, you fl- loop around a couple of times, flip it upside down in the air, you come back, and you're like, hey, 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 hold on, we missed a loop or two. Something will happen here. <laughs> that's how I feel about Star Trek Discovery these days. It's like, did we miss a couple loops or something?
3: <laughs> the other thing that I was wanted some expansion on was, you were talking about the blending or the Homogenization of blending all the acronym together.
1: Sure. Yeah. So, so we, um, yeah, they they group us all together. Like, so you know, Pride, uh, the 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 Pride that was in New York City, the first Pride yeah. was a riot, and that riot was actually started <laughs> by black transgendered women. Okay. Throwing like rocks and bottles, um, and then it was taken up that the mantle was taken up by gay white men. And then gay white mm-hmm. men became the face of like everything, you know, in, in well, sexual questioning and you know, tr- in gender questioning for like decades afterwards. And
3: what about those what who about, were leading uh, the quiet
1: fight Cornwall? were? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That was started by oh, black okay. transgendered women. Yeah, that's that's exactly that's oh, it exactly okay. yeah. Um, that was started by by black transgendered women. That I fact did. has gone largely unspoken. Um, large, but you oh, know, okay. there were people there and there are people who saw it and there are people who know, and there are, you know, some news reports too, that mention it, you know, and, and it was, and, and the reason that they lump us together is because the, the transgender community, uh, is not the gay community and the gay community is not the transgender community. They, they have little to do with one another, you know, like there are a lot of transgender, um, transgender men who, who are uh, sexually attracted to men, which means that they were born female, transitioned to male so that they could be gay.
3: Or they just didn't change their sef- their, their preference of partner.
1: Sure. Which, which, which further underscores that gender has very little to do with sexuality.
3: Yeah. I think for some uh, heterosexual people, that would be very confusing because, well, if you were attracted to men and you still wanted to be attracted to men when you transitioned, then why did you transition? Yeah. Especially if you're primarily a bottom after you transition.
1: I mean, so that's the question, like (laughs) like why Why does it matter to you? You Why does it matter to you? What does it have to do with you? It has nothing to do with you. And my stance on, you know, my 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 own homosexuality has been like, you know, if you have to ask, then it has nothing to do with you. You know, like if it has something to do with you, then you'll know, like immediately. Like you'll you'll come to me and you'll approach me and we'll do something about it, you know? (laughs) But but if you have to ask me, then it clearly you don't ask you what? Are you gay? Like, if you have to ask me, then it has nothing to do with you. Like, if you know what you want, then come get it.
2: <laughs> you know, like, <laughs>
1: it's been made very clear to me that there are very few women who are going to, well, actually, no, I did. Yeah, that actually hasn't been made me very good. It's actually been made very clear to me that a lot of women would like to have me, but, you know, are disappointed <laughs> or upset that they can't. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, like, that's just a thing. But, like, if you have to ask me stuff, then, like, if you don't just get it after a while, then, so why even ask the question? Like, leave it alone. It has nothing to do with you at all.
3: Well, you and I have... I've so asked that's... you questions. Sure. Because sure, my yeah. lack of experience, but my desire to have experience. Stuff that I don't think our audience wants to necessarily dig into right now, but... Or
1: maybe they do. Um, maybe this is for the after show.
3: The after show? The paywall?
1: This is, let's talk about Treks After Dark.
3: Yeah. there. I mean, there, at some point... You you had to ask questions of yourself and of your partner or people that you were interested in. How does this work? What happens with this? How do we decide that? And you started to ask those questions. That shouldn't devalue the fact that you're, you know, not that you are still a part of this community. I don't have a partner right now, either male nor female, but I still identify. I mean, I I've, I've been struggling with am I pan or omni or bi but you know i i still have those desires
1: yeah you know? so i i not to label you or anything but <laughs> my 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 the best of my understanding of the term so far uh would apply to you i i think you're pansexual because pansexuals are those who don't fall in love with the person because of their gender but because of who yeah. they are and I yeah. think that that that's that's, and I kind of like look up to the the pansexual person because they they don't have they don't have uh, they don't have expectations, you mm-hmm. know, too many expectations, and they don't have too many um, limits, you know. So it's not like, <laughs> you know, you find the the right soul in the wrong body and you're turned off. You find the right soul in whatever body it is, and that's the right soul, and that's what matters. And that's that's yeah, pretty yeah, dope. Yeah. Like it's pretty cool. Um, well,
3: although the way you said just that little bit right there almost
1: made me sound like.
3: Oh, I'm willing to sleep around with anybody.
1: <laughs> you know, to be fair, I, I and to be honest, <laughs> most of the pansexuals I met, besides you, are pretty much that way. <laughs> They'll be willing to jump into bed with whomever. It's a stereotype. And, it's, it's, and you know, it's no, a way. It, it's a way you can look around. at.
2: No, It's the way,
3: it's the way that you look at I'm just giving you a hard time. know it's
1: cool. Time. It's the way that people look at it because, like, yeah, you can look at it as the adults jumping into bed with anybody, or you can look at it as in they are not discriminating people. You know yeah, they're not
3: yeah. discriminating against people. Well, is what I yeah, say. yeah. Like I mean, say they're not discriminating. <laughs> I would like to meet,
1: um, a couple where the the male was, uh, uh yeah. I I would like to meet a, um. So we've uh. Uh, my my current partner and I have have run into many people who want to be boyfriend number two. Uh-huh. I think that's the situation that you're looking for, except for like you know, me, me and my partner would not be both male. Yeah. yeah, right to where like the three of us can sort of get along in and then there's a balance. Um, the problem that we've always had with that is that there generally tends to be and there generally tends to eventually be an imbalance. You know, like generally there's an unspoken, stronger bond between you know, the third and myself, or the third and him, uh-huh. and it gets to be uncomfortable for the other person, and there ends up being someone left out because of the fact that humans can only give their full attention to one thing at a time, right? So like, if I'm driving, I shouldn't be doing a crossword puzzle because I'm not driving well, and I'm not doing the crossword puzzle well. You gotta do, yeah, like, yeah. you gotta focus on one thing at a time well, yeah, to do it well, yeah. you know? And I can't, I can, I can focus on one thing and manage another, but I can't focus on two things. You see what I'm saying? So that ends up being for for me, at least in my experience. Like uh, maybe one day, you know, someone will come along and it'll be different. But so far, we've only ever been able to find someone who, you know, is is basically comes into the situation, not speaking it, but basically being attracted 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 to uh, uh, you know attracted to both of us, but yeah, eventually tolerant of one and attracted to the other. You know what I mean? Huh. Because when there's when there's a disagreement, we'll say, like, you got to take a side, you know? Why because, do I have to take a side? Well, because you have an opinion.
3: What? You, you know, like, don't have to have hey, an opinion?
1: I, yeah, yeah, you do. Because if I, I want to paint the bedroom bright pink and the other one wants to paint it black and we're looking to you to be, like, cast the deciding vote, if you choose I, green, I that's not going to help. Yeah, that's not going to help at all. You have, <laughs> like, if you're not going to be helpful to the situation, then why are you here?
3: Flip a coin, guys, or roll a die.
1: Okay. Well yeah, then, we'll pick the we'll pick the color, and you buy the paint, and then uh, that's how about that? Okay. But yeah, um, I mean,
3: I think we should split the paint three ways, the cost of the paint three ways, but that's fine.
1: Well, sure. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Let's we,
3: or we could we could tape down the middle of the the room and paint. Ha- oh, my <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh
1: my god! Not bifurcating my rooms like, like
3: a two-face room.
1: Like a bullion room. Yeah. We're gonna have one side cerulean and oh, one yeah. side cornflower.
3: There you go. I was thinking like Two Face <laughs> from Batman. So guys, for your bingo, what did we mention today? Put, put it in the
1: comments. Yeah, Justice League. I think. Yeah. You know what? Let's leave it to them. Let's start leaving it to them to, to tell us what, what what's on the bingo cards. And next season, we'll do. We can. They yeah. can make their own damn bingo. Cards. Well, and we
3: got we just for our own uh, protection, we've got to mention. We should probably mention at some point it's just a fun thing to do this isn't there is no prize yet there no. probably won't ever be a prize
1: so even if you win bingo oh there will be prizes
3: we can't guarantee that though
1: oh I know I know I don't guarantee it I'm gonna the disclaimer behind everything I say is that all of it might be untrue okay
3: so what was your name again
1: uh, uh John John Holmes
3: John Holmes. Oh, okay. okay. So that ah, see, there a conversation from the other day that proves that I'm Watson.
1: Oh, fair enough. Yes, you are. You are Watson. <laughs> Enjoy your visor, Watson. It's great, great, great uh, little that good. Okay. I I, so, am,
3: I am. Oh, so would would I rather be smog <laughs> or Bilbo?
1: Uh, I'm gonna be the dragon.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, I know. Oh, wow. I don't know what I walked into there on that one, but <laughs> just, uh, you know, like and comment below.
3: <laughs> do, do, do I want to be um, – You can be the little guy well, with the hairy feet.
2: Yeah, well,
3: I was thinking of uh, Doctor Strange and how uh, – but I don't think um, – I think Benedict was in that, but I don't think the other dude was. What's his name? I don't know. I don't
1: know what his name the is. The actor
3: that played Watson in Sherlock.
1: Oh, I don't know. That's a great question. I started watching the. Uh, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm about to start talking about totally um, other shows. <laughs> Elementary was the one I was going to just now, but uh, let's not do that. Let's instead wait until next time when we talk about. Oh, are you ready for this? I've been waiting for this for like twenty years. I'm so excited to <laughs> say, say this is about to happen. But guys, next episode, next week, is Unification Part Three. I'm stoked as shit and, Like you have no idea
3: But no Our next episode not Our next two episodes Are gonna probably be Behind a paywall Because Our next episode Will be enough, Unification part one
1: Yeah Yeah we'll totally do that Let's do Unification one We'll do Unification two
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Yep Yeah yep. So, so Unification so- part three Will be Will be the one That yep. we uh We review next time Um Yep So uh well, so guys the, the free episodes yeah, yeah the free episodes will be in occasion 3 and it, just consider all, all these seasons of Star Trek the commentary that we've given you for free like it's as if you would have paid for it come on now yeah, yeah, yeah. you may as well we, you, just... we, you know we probably had to pay them to come you know, to come the show here take this show write me a letter so I have something to talk about on the mailbags you know we gotta figure out how to do the mailbags yeah, too yeah. but listen until uh, yeah. next time guys uh, hope you don't die trying just scavenge your way back (laughs) alright I guess that's it alright bye now
3: okay bye bye hasta la vista ciao
2: support
0: the continued making of this show through (laughs) patreon.com Let's Talk About Treks is a production of Anodyne Relay supported by the Star Trek fan community of listeners like you. We review the copyrighted works of Paramount CBS's Star Trek team, of whom no copyright infringement is intended. You can reach us via email at email at Let'STalkAboutTrex.com. You can leave us a message at area code 202-804-6312. Our producer is David Moody, and our writers, Jack and Earl, are on Twitter as at and would greatly appreciate the obligatory like and subscribe from wherever you're listening now. We record on Lenovo computers with Zoom, mixed with NCH Mixpad, and master with Kakos Reaper. Our intro, outro, and interstitial musics feature samples from Awakening by Waterboy from Pixabay.
1: Skivinger's sch- symbol.
2: You son of a bitch. I'm in.
1: Sch- symbol.
3: Sch- <laughs> sch-
2: <simple. laughs> <sighs>